Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? You need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, my friends. Grab your coffee and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. I'm your host, Brenda Neckbottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new best practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Practices in Human Resource Podcast. This show is designed to help you take that guesswork out of understanding the human resource component and push through the ambiguity of this changing landscape. I'm Brenda, your host and practicing HR consultant. I've seen a lot of different things done a lot of different ways, and I'm here to help you weed through the abyss of human resource information and help take out the stress of defining your best practices. So who is this podcast for? Anyone who's in a position of managing human capital in a micro, small, or growing business. There's a great deal of compliance that needs to be met, and having the information and guidance to implement it month over month is key. If you're a returning listener, thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for your continued support. I am so very grateful that you continue to join me on this adventure. If this is your first time listening in, you're really going to get a lot out of the show and it's going to help you move your HR objectives forward. So today in the studio, we have Lola the veteran comfort dog who may chime in all 100 pounds of her uh, every now and again as she tends to find things that are not right in the universe and, and certainly lets me know about it. And her assistant champ, the lovable ever so uh, dedicated wonder dog. But most importantly, we are going to talk about today's hot topic. We're going to look at some, uh, very quickly, some employment law changes that are happening across the nation. Um, We're looking at CBD usage and the employment challenges um, in the workplace. And we're going to have a guest with us, um, Navy SEAL Jeff Nichols. So something important that I want to share with you folks, that the information available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any kind of legal advice. I'm not an attorney. Um, You should contact your attorney to obtain legal guidance with respects to any particular issue. If you don't have an employment attorney, contact us and we'll be maybe able to actually refer one to you through our affiliates program. Now that the first of the year has really kind of settled down a little bit, um, there hasn't really been too much uh, banging around out there as far as a lot of legal changes and challenges that are out there. I mean, there's some things that are coming up, but nothing screaming noteworthy. But I did want to share with you um, that there's actually quite a few states um, that have changed their minimum wage. So uh, about 21 different states effective February 6th. Um, one of them, probably no, most noteworthy than anything else, was happened in New Jersey, where New Jersey's uh, minimum wage law has now become $15 minimum wage. So, you know, if you're, we talked about, you've heard me talk about patchwork law a couple of times. So, you know, definitely dip into your state to find out which locality, which state um, has actually 
increase their minimum wage rates. So for today's hot topic, I'm going to talk about something that I'm super excited about. Um, it's something that I've been teasing you guys about a little bit, and it is finally here. Finally, finally, finally. Um, so back in October, I made the decision to actually go ahead and start on a project to write a book about a process that is confusing, but it's also very clear at the same time. And it's available out on Amazon right now as we speak and um, even though the government puts out a really really great resource it's a little obscure meaning that this is kind of the thing that not a lot of people would know it's out there if you've never done HR before or if you've never had a business before you know it's a it's a very important form it's a very important process but you know, there isn't any anything in the world that sits down and gives you a checklist of life and tells you exactly everything that you need. So this book <clears throat> will help anybody work through the I-9 process. And it's called, Holy Cow, I Have to Complete an I-9, Taking the Confusion Out of the Most Important Employment Form. So there really is no other form that is more important for employers to maintain compliance on than the actual Form I-9. It can be very confusing to complete and costly when these forms are full of errors. So combined with the USCIS guidance in this book, administrators and practitioners will be able to gain helpful insight to managing this overall process. Um, it's a very easy read. It's about, what, 53 pages, I think, if I remember correctly? Yep, 53 pages. Has some resources in there. Um, it's going to walk you through the basics in the very beginning. It's going to give you some additional stuff, <clears throat> including what to do if you get audited. Um, it's going to give you a section on frequently asked questions. It's supplying the most current uh, sample example of the most current I-9 form the list of acceptable documents and again like I said it's going to give you some additional resources plus we are also taking this is I'm now first I get excited now I really get excited right so now um, we're taking pre-orders on the i9 retention pad and what that is it is a stack of post-it note stickies that actually have the retention formula on the notepad itself. So what you'll do is complete it, follow follow the formula, it's the same formula that USCIS puts out, and then you put it on the cover or on the face of an I-9 of an individual who has terminated. And then that goes into a separate file, and you can use that um, as it's kind of tickler, like it's the what pops up. And it makes it super easy. So you know how long you're retaining your I-9s for. You're not retaining them for longer than you should because if you were to get audited, if you have any I-9s that you should have destroyed um, and there's errors on it, you're gonna get dinged. It's as simple as that. So um, it's an awesome book. I I'm getting a lot of really positive feedback about it. Um, those folks who have copies of it, uh, really, like, how, why didn't I know this before? <laughs> so, um, apparently it was needed. So, uh, you can't miss it. Um, again, you can find it on Amazon.com. You can either look it up by my name. You can just type in 
the whole title, holy cow, exclamation point, I have to complete an I-9, exclamation point. And when you get it, you'll know it when you see it because there's going to be uh, the face of a woman who's very confused raising her, eyeglass, her eyeglasses above towards her eyebrows. So check it out. It's, you're, it's going to be very helpful. Um, for those of you who have purchased it already or are going to purchase it, thank you very much. Um, this is something, I wouldn't say it's near and dear to my heart, but I have done countless I, I can't even tell you how many I-9 audits I've done for various clients over the years and I have seen the same things happen over and over and over and over again. So it's meant to be that companion guide to what the government puts out and I think it's going to help you guys uh, keep things nice and easy. In our main segment today, we're going to be talking about CBD usage and employment challenges. As many of you are learning, and those of you who know me, uh, supporting our nation's veterans is a very important topic to me. Um, over the last several years, I have had the honor and privilege to serve in several different capacities in the Navy SEAL community, supporting Navy SEALs, SWIC, NSW wives, and others that are actually part of that community as well. And during this time, I've become pretty familiar with the application and benefits of CBD. I've also become keenly aware of the stigma and the implications and confusion around the use of CBD and felt that, you know, this is a great opportunity to spend time educating listeners about this booming and changing, evolving market. With the growing use of CBD in the marketplace, the objectives of this podcast episode are to bring education to small businesses and HR professionals on what CBD is, its uses, as well as dispelling some of the myths and perceptions for those who are not in the know on CBD. Additional points of discussion will include how it applies to the Drug-Free Workplace Act of 1988, the growing use in the veteran community, and what CBD addresses, alternative uh, treatments for pay, uh, physical ailments, and use in the high performance and fitness arena. So these are all consumer markets that are actually impacted by the workforce. Our friends at Star Spangled Supplements have a great explanation of what CBD is, and I'm going to quote them. The most important thing you should know is that CBD is not necessarily the same thing as cannabis. What is CBD? In many cases, CBD comes from the hemp plant. While the hemp plant does indeed find itself in the cannabis family of plants, it has some important distinctions. For one, CBD is different from most other cannabis substances because it does not contain the cannabinoid THC. The THC is just one of the many cannabinoids you will find in the cannabis plant but it is one of the most popular and well-known ones because of the one that is responsible for getting people high. What is CBD? Well, that's where CBD is different because it derives from a different plant altogether, one that is specifically bred to contain low levels of THC, if any at all. It does not present the same psychoactive effect. So in other words, CBD will not get you high. Items that stem from the cannabis plant, which does usually contain some amount of THC, will likely get you high. That's where CBD is different. It comes from the hemp plant, which can often serve industrial rather than recreational purposes. This can include using hemp to create products such as clothing and fabric, rope, animal food, skin products, edible items, and more. So how does this apply to the workplace? <clears throat> 
is that if an employee fails a drug screen test and claims that they only take CBD oil, then they're either taking the wrong kind of CBD oil or they are in fact engaging in consuming cannabis in some capacity. The same thing goes for pre-employment drug screening. So when you are walking through and talking through all of the regulations and the rules surrounding the Drug-Free Workplace Act of 1988, you're really going to have to know your facts here. And that's the reason why we're bringing this topic forward, is the increasing growth in the market share of CBD and the shortcuts that place unknowing consumers at risk of using THC unknowingly or knowingly and the complexity that this brings to the employment table. And a couple, I don't know, maybe like two months ago, um, I stopped to get gas at a gas station and for the first time I saw CBD oil on the counters at the gas station. <clears throat> I picked up the bottle and I'm very familiar with the products that Star Spangled Supplements put out and I, I've done my own research so I have a, a fairly good understanding of what this is. And I picked up the bottle and the very first thing that I saw listed on it is ethanol. And you know the way higher quality CBD oil is processed there is no ethanol. And that can impact the absorption rate and how CBD is taken into the body not to mention it lowers its effectiveness. So those low-end products are already starting to make their way out there. So if somebody is not sure which CBD oil they should be using for legitimate purposes and to you know gain access to the CBD that does not contain the THC levels, these are some these are some avenues that you know this world is going to have to start to navigate. Now CBD is out there on the market and the use of it is applied to help a wide variety of people with different ailments. So for instance, in the veteran community or anybody who's experienced a traumatic brain injury or TBI, it is out there to help counter the effects of that. Um, CBD is also used to help address things like anxiety, um, pain associated with arthritis or the swelling with arthritis, any type of inflammation. Um, sleeplessness, restlessness. CBD is really starting to make a very significant impact in the welfare of individuals with these types of ailments. There's also um, some research that is currently being done and I think it'll be a little while until we actually see something but uh, CBD is actually being applied uh, to help with cancer treatments in lieu of chemotherapy or possibly even combined. So, but that's, we're really in the beginning stages of that and I don't think it's safe to say that CBD is an effective treatment of it, but it's definitely starting to make a difference um, in how physicians and other treatment centers are using CBD or their approach to um, addressing issues around cancer. So there's no way really to tell if a person has consuming marijuana that was obtained legally or illegally. There's also no way to tell if a person is consuming CBD with the THC or marijuana component in it. So it's going to get very sticky and as practitioners and as business leaders you're going to really need to work the problem thoroughly as there are going to be as many variables in this and I promise it, right? So that means you're really going to have to do your educate. You're really going to do your homework. You're going to have to get educated. Um, you're probably going to wind up having to work closely either with an HR consultant or another experienced practitioner like myself, 
and definitely more than likely an employment attorney. My guest today is a really interesting guy. Uh, very, very smart. I've known Jeff for the past three years and we always just seem to bump into each other. Though it was really a great opportunity to sit down and talk to him and I can't wait to hear this interview. Jeff Nichols is a U.S. Navy SEAL veteran and exercise physiologist. He is a credentialed strength coach for the past 18 years working with athletes of all ages in amateur and professional athletics. He holds certifications from the National Strength and Coaching Association, or otherwise NSCA, as a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, CSCS, and Tactical Strength and Conditioning Facilitator, TSAC-F, both with distinction. During his time at Indian Hills Community College in Centerville, Iowa, Jeff played baseball in two Junior College World Series before graduating in 1998. He then attended Troy University on a baseball scholarship and graduated in 2000. After graduating with a degree in exercise physiology, Nichols began his career as a graduate assistant at the Troy University as an assistant strength coach managing 14 varsity sports. On October 1, 2001, Nichols enlisted in the U.S. US Navy, graduated boot camp, and received the Lone Sailor Award as the top graduate of his class of 3,000 graduates. Jeff began BUDS training and received his SEAL Warfare designation on May 17, 2002 and spent 11 years as a Navy SEAL in the SEAL teams on both the East and West Coasts. During his naval career, he completed double-digit combat deployments and has been awarded numerous combat citations for valor and commendation. Jeff also worked at a Naval Special Warfare Command as the active duty department head within the Human Performance Department overseeing product development, product assessment, program assessment, and operator delegate within Special Operations Command for Human Performance. Honorably discharged in 2013, Jeff became the co-founder and co-owner of Virginia High Performance LLC in Virginia Beach. He oversaw the programming and training with VHP that focused on youth athletic teams, wounded veterans, and various national and international tactical organizations. Jeff currently works with numerous professional and amateur sports organizations in human performance optimization, performance stress management, and sleep optimization. Jeff's current business, Performance First, focuses on training very selective clientele in Virginia Beach and other locations around the United States, Europe, and Australia. He also has a library of publishing training programs on his website. He assists those wishing to enter into the Special Operation Forces and provides guidance on nutritional supplements. I met Jeff three years ago and his passion for his profession is impressive and his love of it is authentic. With a no-nonsense approach, Jeff's mission is to help his followers weed through the myths of mass-marketed programs in the industry and provide his audience with the right facts to achieve their objectives. The ethical core values he upholds in his practice are consistent with the long-honored SEAL ethos. It is with great excitement and honor to welcome Jeff Nichols. So our topic today is on the usage of CBD and we've learned a great deal about it earlier in the show. 
Now, the workforce is comprised of employees with various interests and hobbies, and certainly performance training of any kind is in that mix. How and what is CBD used for by individuals and who, pers who pursues physical fitness is certainly something that, you know, we're going to go ahead and talk about today. But I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining. I am excited. I'm glad to be here. I know. It's been a while since we bumped into Last time I saw you was the airport. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, so um, how and what is CBD used for by individuals who pursue physical fitness? It, CBD, uh, I think it's, it's called cannabidiol. I believe that's the full name of it, I believe. Um, but CBD is, um, I, I can speak to how I use it and how I recommend using it, especially in a in an active in an active population or well really any population but for me in an active population <clears throat> it, it seems to be what's being said about it what's being shown about it what's being researched about it is its anti-inflammatory properties not just you know in the sense of that acute hey aspirin aleve uh, asked you know Tylenol sort of ouch take this ouch goes away but it really doesn't affect the point of controlling that inflammation mm -hmm. and that's that's what CBD tends to help with is actually controlling inflammation more to the source from a from a biological standpoint rather than just like a subsiding of acute discomfort right and that's though I say is like we we don't always just want to put a bandaid over a bullet hole right <laughs> maybe in a traumatic situation we want to get it you know right. you know stop the bleeding whatever bleeding whatever but you know, and this not to be dramatic or anything, it's just, it's one of those things that with CBD, it's, we definitely want to make sure, number one, obviously, that people are getting a pure source. And mm -hmm. this is, and I think that that's where a lot of the controversy comes from is because attaching the word a pure, clean, healthy, whatever word, whatever adjective you want to attach to the word cannabis, what most people call it marijuana, it's hard to associate that something like has been that has been widely spoken to be as negative is now something people are going there is a there is an overwhelming sense that there's more positive than that prescribed and dictated and and, and advertised negative for so many years and so I think it's not even just about the drug this is why it's such a big powerful social shift is because it's just that it it really makes people not only question um like wow does this drug really even work but it's like can it really work that well and it's a big scary leap for people because it's always been told that the source of this drug is is is, is the source of just some awful behavior mm -hmm. which i have not experienced <laughs> any of that personally or with any of the friends that are consumers yeah and, I, and that's that's part of the reason why i want to do this and talk about this is because the more CBD is coming out to the market and the more it's benefiting individuals and, you know, specifically in the vet, especially in the veteran community. Oh, my right. gosh. Right. And you've got companies that are veteran friendly that hire veterans. Well, this comes with that now. Right. You know? right. So in your career as a SEAL, you spend a great time working with individuals who are impacted by the effects of the military career. How have you seen CBD used in the veteran community specifically and what effects and improvements does it provide to a post-military career? 
Well, I think, uh, you know, if, if we, we kind of probably want to box in this particular person we're talking about because there's so many different individuals that would be, you know, exiting military service for various different reasons. Right. So if we <laughs> box it into a person that has had, you know, uh, a valuable military service in their mind, has seen some stressful uh, environments in combat potentially, probably has added a good bit of mileage on their body from those combat deployments, wearing body armor, being in stressful, unclean environments that, although they're unavoidable, they're out, they're necessary. It's part of the life and part of the job. Well, that, let, let, so let's call that person, that's that, that's the veteran, the stereotypical veteran we're talking about. It's that, that person has been exposed to that for, you know, six, eight, 10 years and they've struggled, right? Struggled physically getting healthy uh, and they've, they've done what's best for them and, and, and listened to medical practitioners uh, saying, hey, try this, do this. And, you know, then this, this new CBD thing comes along for these veterans and, and, and a lot of them are pretty, pretty hopeless. You know, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean that in a pitiful way. I just mean there's, there's a lot of people out there just trying to find something that gives them some sort of alleviation of physical, emotional, uh, something that is not, you know, at the end of the day, taking a pill, for me, it, 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 what became scary about it was the fact that it was no longer scary. I wasn't even looking at the, the bottle, like just what's being prescribed, take it, it'll do whatever it's gonna do, don't question, and I just feel how I feel. And I think that that sort of, that hamster wheel is very difficult for people to get off of. And they don't believe that introducing a drug, you know, or medicine like CBD or even THC at that point, how could adding another drug be a solution? Mm -hmm. And so that, again, that goes back to the cultural side of it is that, that point of education of saying, hey guys, let's look at the history of the plant. Let's look at the history of why it was manufactured in the past. Let's look how it was used, widely used in the psych psychiatric populations, right? Let's look at how it's used worldwide ethically. And then again, I'm saying this not to put a big rush on it. Like the HR department specifically, the federal government, like the state governments, the school systems, the, the airlines, they all need to look at it very closely and I think they all need to look at it. And, and I guess that's, that's the reason for our federal government. We, our, my hope is that the federal government is looking not at how can they reinvent the wheel. That's what I'm hoping the federal government looks into those, uh, those hemp and cannabis producing families out west and going, okay, we're able, they're able to do it on a pretty large, wide scale out west. Can we upscale it from here, the federal government? Can we support this? Can we help that? And that, and I, and I think that, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big aircraft carrier answer to a very short question is like, you know, how, how is it that this can help people? Is that I think that this not only gives somebody hope in terms of acute use of drug and, hey, I get some physical, emotional relief, but this is also something for me, I get excited to get behind it from a political standpoint not from a left-right standpoint, but from a guy like, this is one of those one of those things in the country right now, one of the very few things that has such a huge free market. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of information, so there's gonna be some nefarious activity, but there's also some really great information because of what California and Colorado has established. So my hope is that, you know, the veterans, take take a look, take a look at what's going on, take a, like, there is, 
I have found very few sources so far of giving bad information on how to use CBD. That's what's cool right now. Like, my only fear right now is because of the flood of the market, you're going to get qual- low quality right. crap. Right. They're already seeing it. Gas stations. They're already seeing it. Yeah. It's just like Coca-Cola wants to put it now in their Coke. And, oh, Lord. And like, uh, you know, I've heard like uh, Dan and Del Monte or whatever want to stick in their fruit juices and their fruit. So educate yourself right now with the information that's coming out. This is an opportunity for most veterans to be part of the, you know, be a part of something that's a solution, like a real solution. Like it's something that it's worth looking at and being a supporter of because it really ultimately I believe that this this is a this is a win-win for everyone if if ethics are really put out there and uh, a good a good communication excellent so to help our employers from a veteran's point of view if an employer learns that an employed veteran is using CBD what is your best advice not from a legal standpoint but um, you know basically you know, from a tier one, tier one from, operator, from what would you recommend? Of like, I mean, yeah, I guess if I'm an employer, is that what yeah. you're asking? Oh, no, if you're the employee, all right. So if you're the employee and your employer approaches you and say, hey, listen, we've, you know, we've learned that you're using CBD. Like what, what recommendation would you well, give an question, employer? My question is, is like at that point, because I, I had this conversation with somebody that's been in L.A. SWAT for um, 27 years. And I asked him, how is it that the L.A. SWAT in the condition of the state of California being fully legalized, how is it that that, mm-hmm. that happens? And he goes, well, we just, it's part of the policy. The department can set policy that's supported yep. by the city or the state or whatever it is. And so that's really what it comes down to. If my employer has come to me and said, hey, I hear you're using it. Well, there's been no policy. Like CBD is not, as, as it is right now, the DEA is lifted as a class one drug as far as right. I understand. Right. But I know, but I don't know where like there's, I know there's limbo because now you have state rights and then you also have policy rights and not stuff that I know nothing about. Right. I'm just discovering things that is this, if your employer wants CBD to be legal in his business, he can be. Mm-hmm. If he or she wants it to be illegal in that business, <laughs> yeah, he we, or she can yep. make that their policy yep. and then hold you accountable to it. So that's where it's the other side is like. People have got to realize that this is going to come with real responsible decisions. Yes, exactly. It's just like prohibition. People, people. It's funny that people really, people really think that there was never a time of real turmoil around alcohol. I wasn't alive during the time, but I can imagine how violent prohibition was in the twenties in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty good idea of what that might have been like, and it's interesting that. Uh, we think that humanity is incapable of getting a pass, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to expect this craze of prohibition and, you know, free-for-all, like, love, sex in the streets. Like, that's, huh, I don't want that society. That just sounds terrible. That's yeah. that's the society I felt like I was in my head for so many years before that, which led to, you know, it led to me finding more peaceful ways of dealing with my stress. And this right. is the most peaceful way I can find to deal with my stress is, yeah. is this. Yeah, my, my position on this is that, you know, if an employer learns of a veteran who's utilizing CBD, is just have a conversation with them. Yeah. Learn, I mean, that's, learn that's, more. Again, I guess I was trying to be a little bit more particular, but sure. understanding that if I was an employee, an employer asked me, 
and about it, I would take a big deep breath and ask them what resources they have available to them that gave them that conclusion. Mm -hmm. So you have an opportunity to discuss it with them. Right. Have the conversation. That's the converse. That's that's what I would try. Hopefully I wouldn't like draw back and like puff my chest out and say something like uh, they would be like, well, wait a minute. Like, uh, and just, it's tough to to stop for a minute and try to have a conversation with something that potentially is pretty volatile. Yeah. And then I think that's that's a big piece that employers need to educate themselves. That's the whole reason why we're doing this yeah. today. They have to understand that this is very different yeah. than smoke and pot. This is it's it's metabolized in the system differently. It's it's used for different purposes other than self medicating. Different cannabinoid. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like it's it we it's it's like saying in an apple, for example, that. We, we, we don't, we, we hope there's no vitamin A in there if there's vitamin D in there. Like, we don't right. want it. Like, I don't want vitamin A in my apple. <laughs> I don't want vitamin C or D or whatever it is. It's like, it's like I want all the benefits of this particular plant. We have the safe, clean means of removing some of the unfavorable right. components of that plant without modifying it so much that we don't devalue the other components of the plant. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's something to support. So I think you mentioned earlier, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you know we've learned a great deal about CBD. You know we've talked to Adam um, in the in you, in this industry, especially in the industry that you're in in, in performance. Um, are, I don't think there's any potential risks that have really come out just yet. No, and that's the thing is because even now the Olympic training, uh, you, the the world, the mm-hmm. world anti-doping, it's the Olympic training in all the world. It's not legal. You can smoke marijuana as an Olympic athlete now. Wow. So same same in the UFC. And the NFL has been widely, um, how do I say this, legally, <laughs> understanding and making sure that there's a, there's a one-day widely known testing date, 20, 365 days in advance because of the inflammation, mm-hmm. appetite improvement, everything that is associated to consuming cannabis post-traumatic events does got it <laughs> so Roger that it's like <laughs> let's just just let's just don't let's ignore the big huge huge hemp and marijuana logo behind the nfl yeah they keep those guys healthy yeah you know and that's 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 something that's and that's the that's the curveball is like it's so widely used now yeah yeah, and you know that's a when so before I even started doing my own research on this and understanding what this is about, because I always saw the big pot leaf mm-hmm. associated right, with it. Right. I, you know, look, I'm a 20 year HR veteran. You know, so I immediately went THC. Yeah, and it's like you know, and then I also work with government contractors. Right. So now I'm now I'm thinking through Drug Free Workplace Act of 1988. Right. You know, it's still you, it's still class one. Have you spoken to anyone from Canada since now it's federally legal and it's the military can use it? No, Canada. I have not. So that's why I'm like kind of thinking it's like there's got to be a. That's what I'm saying is like I, I wonder where and how Canada certainly the structure. I'm going to make this, I don't want to use the word assumption. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's not an incorrect for me to think that Canada, before they were made it legal mm-hmm. federally, they had probably been working on that system of how they're going to release it, implementing it. You know, you're seeing it from a, 
medicinal use or medical use to occur, like over the years. And I, and I think that it makes the most sense that the U.S. federal government probably has been watching. It's kind of like, well, if Canada can do it, a much larger, much smaller population, a much smaller distribution network, all those sort of things... See if they can, you know, next year, see if they can figure it out. Right. How does it affect the drug trade across the border? Mm-hmm. Now can we shift money to the drug trade to the south or what? I don't know. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that politicians have this big strategic, like, okay, we got to watch this thing before we try to pull the trigger on this. There's too many people that could screw this up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a complicated subject. Yeah, it is. It's a complicated subject because of our, our legal structure. And then now you've got states that are battling that legal structure. Yeah. You know, we you know more states are, you know, legalizing medical marijuana for usage in, in yeah. realms like this. That's why CBD is a nice alternative to something like that that can be shipped, you know, throughout the 50 and, and territories right. without... Um, yeah, so know. that's what's going to create a lot of problems is like yeah. the legality of you know, exactly. There's going to be a point in time maybe where, like, I look at where I'm from. It's a very liberal place in Iowa for the most part, as far as its voting history. But it's a very conservative world. Yeah. But you wonder, it's like, how is a state like that, or like that that borders? Like, look at Missouri. Missouri is a very conservative state, or even like, like compared to Missouri, Arkansas is extremely conservative. So it's like. What if what if Arkansas refuses to fall? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're surrounded by marijuana states. It's <laughs> yep. just like this big. T- so my point is, is like, this is a very interesting political thing that it will. It's going to have to be addressed at the next election. It's going to be a. It's going to be an interesting thing to see. It you're totally going to have is. to have. You're, this is going to be the first election where you're going to have to have opinion on cannabis in the United States. Yeah. So when when California, Washington State. In and Colorado legalized the I was in a group of, of HR professionals and the first thing that flew out of my mouth is, is eventually this is going to go to the Supreme Court mark my words it hasn't happened yet yeah, and especially because you know like I said I consult to a lot of government contractors as well yeah. well that's see that's the double-edged sword of the government contracting is that you've got something that is now legalized at the state level but at the federal level yeah, you, you can still terminate your employees for violating that and you have to well kind of you have to when you're a government contractor you have to address it right so you can't not so you're you're in a no-win situation at that time nobody was willing to touch it and honestly I haven't heard uh, and I follow I follow case law I follow a lot of things have not heard a lot of that bubble up but it is coming it's it's a it's It's an evolution that's happening you can't stop it it doesn't seem like there's a lot of leaking information because it makes sense though the the federal the the fed probably doesn't want to doesn't want to lead anyone They, they it's probably the the one way that maybe they can get the best biased the least biased information maybe or or the or the best i guess but either way it's like a, it, it'll be interesting to fall out and that's just why i'm trying to educate myself right now so when information does come mm-hmm. out it seems a little bit um disingenuine or not congruent with what i've been hearing a lot in the previous years right okay it's going to give me a standpoint of evaluation right yeah it's going to be interesting. So, last question for you: um, Do you consider CBD a total solution, or do you see it as one of many possible forms of treatment or support in today's usage? I see CBD as a, <clears throat> a multiple-use thing that we are. Sounds so cliche. We, I think, the value, the real value behind this plant, is still yet to be discovered. I would agree. And I say that just because 
there still to me hasn't been a clear sense of the dosing of it and how that impacts certain biological variables. You know, it's like a, a person may have, for whatever reason, some biological structure, the, the standpoint of their gut health or whatever it may be, it's like, I prefer Tylenol over a leaf. I feel like I get more acute relief from it. I mm-hmm. don't I don't know why the biology is the way that it is. Maybe it is psychosomatic. Maybe it is just in my head. Um, but with with CBD, it always seems to work, but it doesn't always work the same way. And so it's like, okay, dosing is something that I'm not particular at being precise at. I just a couple droppers and, and it's like, so I really, that's what I'm really most curious about. I'm mm-hmm. really, really interested because when we really start hearing how about dosing and, and limitations and side effects that are real reasonable, you know, like dry mouth and diarrhea or just <laughs> indigenous <laughs> stuff. Like I, some, some of the stuff, some of the CBDs give me, um, give me heartburn if, if I, if I take it on empty stomach, I get acid reflux. Mm-hmm. Some people get acid relief from it. Like my mother, I have sure she'll take a couple of hemp pills instead of taking like uh, antacid. Interesting. But if I take too much of it, I get acid reflux. So it's so that's what I mean is I think that we're in this really interesting world of going well. I, I'd much rather have acid reflux than like some really bad allergic, true sort of dry mouth, watery eyes, itchy skin, get eczema because it's screwing with my my biology of my stomach other than going, Hey, no, don't eat that. Just poo it out. Like it's just, I'm trying to, that, that's what most seems to be the most intriguing aspect of this is because if you give it to a hundred people with a hundred similar ish symptoms, you will, you tend to see from, from my very juvenile, Asking of questions and how it's working. Again, this is not a scientific approach. I don't argue that it is. And I go, hey, how is it working for you? Is it working this? Is what's how? What's your dosing? What brand brand are you using? All these sort of questions that are like conversation. Right. I don't presume anymore, too, which is really cool. And I used to go, like, my brand or this or that much. And I'm just like, I don't know. Let's find out. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's awesome. Well... I really appreciate you taking your time today. Thank you so much. So, um, so you can find Jeff <clears throat> at his website, um, and you know, jump in if there's anything that you want to add to this, Jeff. But you can find Jeff if you have questions about uh, performance training or you want to learn a little bit more about what programs he offers. I know he's he's got some pretty exciting stuff that's coming down the pike. Uh, PerformanceFirstUS.com. You can find him there. Uh, you can also follow him on Instagram at Jeff CSCS, that's J-E-F-F-C-S-C-S. And then if you want to email Jeff or contact him directly, you can go ahead and do so at info at performancefirstus.com. Thank you again. You bet. I want to give a big thank you out to Adam and Mike over at Star Spangled Supplements. If you want to learn more about CBD and their products, please visit them at Star Spangled Supps, Star Spangled S-U-P-P-S dot com. And you can also follow them on Instagram at Star Spangled Supp, S-U-P-P. 
The practice of human resources doesn't have to be as complicated as it may appear. In the short time that we've been together today, we've weeded through a few topics that make the landscape of human resource that moving target. We're here to help you define your gold standard in human capital management, help you solve complex problems that come with employment and managing your people, and help you keep in the know on current or developing changes in the employment landscape. Freebies, 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 as promised earlier in the show today, we have two free resources for you. We are continuing to provide you with the Strikeforce Energy Drink bonus offering. As we've mentioned Strikeforce Energy Drinks in several podcasts, and that last month was all about wellness. We're going to continue to offer this because we want you to be able to continue to do really great things for your employees. So Strikeforce Energy is a sugar-free no calorie healthier alternative to other energy drinks in the market. This is an opportunity to help you save money while you kick the can to other energy drinks that are out there. You can choose from their individual packets or their pump bottles found in four flavors. Visit strikeforceenergy.com and enter the code AFL, that's Alpha Foxtrot Lima, my name Brenda, 4552. Again, that's AFL Brenda 4552 and receive 20% off the retail price of Strikeforce. You can also find more information about Strikeforce on our affiliates page at bestpractices.org. And lastly, I know how confusing it is to keep track of all the compliance deadlines required in this field, as well as how and when to find the time to engage in all the other proactive HR pieces. I've created an HR calendar for 2019 that lists all the compliance deadlines to relieve the tension of having to figure out these things for yourself. The calendar includes mandatory filing deadlines, nationally recognized holidays, as well as a few best practice recommendations kind of sprinkled in there. It's a bunch of compliance information consolidated into one page. Print it, pin it up in your office, and use it as a tool to help you keep all of those parts and pieces of the HR puzzle connected. To download this free tool, visit the website at bestpractices.org. Click on the link at the bottom of the page. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're struggling with a particular HR issue, don't be shy. Reach out. Okay, We're here to help you be successful. That is what we do. Um, best place to start getting a hold of us is hit up on the website. You can also go online and schedule a call with us. You can schedule a 20 minute call, you can schedule a 40 minute call, you can schedule a full hour call. You can also send a request for a needs analysis meeting to identify strategic opportunities that will align with your business objectives to help continue to move your company forward. And you know what? You may not have anything significant to speak with us about and scheduling a call or requesting a meeting doesn't make sense right now. That's fine. But if you like what you heard today and you know that you need to stay up to date on important changes and continue to get advice on how to work with them, then visit us at bestpractices.org. Click subscribe and sign up today to have our best practices delivered to your inbox. And before you leave today, guys, we're going to go ahead and throw out the quote of the episode that comes from Thomas Jefferson. And he writes, I find that the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. You guys have a really great rest of the day. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.